Hello and welcome back to The Hit Show. It has been far too long, but in a world without baseball, at least you have baseball commentators here to talk about it. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of D-Rays Bay, and I am joined today by Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello. Hello, Danny. Hello, everybody. And hello, Brett Phillips. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to see you again, or talk to you, I guess. <laughs> well, we could see each other because we're recording yeah. on Zoom. Uh, we will spare you our faces and keep it just <laughs> to an audio medium today. Yeah. Uh, we did not record a podcast in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, for the most part, that's probably for the best. We didn't have And then look what happened. Right? <laughs> we thought everything was going fine. We signed a player from Japan. The Rays had made the playoffs. Nothing can stop us now. Nope, nothing, nothing at all. Couldn't imagine we- anything at all stopping the start of this season and an amazing Rays run. It was gonna be great. It was gonna be the best season. We were all gonna have 2020 vision. And uh, now I am sitting in my home wishing that I had some sort of baseball to watch. I have not worn pants in weeks. <laughs> that is a You joke. know, when this season eventually begins, and I'm still optimistic it will eventually begin. It'll be a weird, shortened, strange, asterisk-filled season for the history books, and what a better year for the Rays to win the World Series. Like, if they're going to win, like, absolutely do it in the year where you have to be <laughs> like, and then there was this happening, and, and also it was like 140 games, and they started on July, and there was doubleheaders every single day, and it's like, that is, that sounds like Rays baseball right there. Flag, it does forever. One of the weirdest teams in baseball, winning probably one of the year, weirdest World Series and one of the weirdest years that baseball has ever been around for. I mean, why not? That's the story. Well, that, that's ending. very future looking, but I'm gonna reel us in because I am ready to look at the past. Uh, we have put together at D Rays Bay for your enjoyment a 64 plus player bracket reflecting on the entire history of the Tampa Bay Rays and Devil Rays organization. And we have divided this into four brackets. Uh, I have spent a fair amount of time with a couple other guys on the masthead, uh, with Jim, with Adam, with Ian, considering who should be in, who should be out. But the people I have not talked to about this are my podcast co-hosts here. And uh, really excited to dive into the four corners of the bracket which I can lay out in a second, but we are going to, on this podcast, discuss the seating, discuss who is in and who is out on each of the categories and put together the full 64, finalize the 64 seed bracket. And uh, hopefully this becomes something really fun for us to help pass the time. Uh, March might be ending, but the madness has not. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm really excited for us to spend our time this way. Uh, the four brackets are the Vince Namoli honorary Devil Rays bracket, in which the 16 uh, seeds of players will be from the Devil Rays era, 1998 through 2007. The second corner of the bracket will be the Glory Days in honor of Joe Madden, 2008 to 2013. I know Joe Madden was in before that, but it's the Joe Madden corner, let's be honest. And then we have the modern era, 2014 to today, through 2020, 
what I am calling the Eric Neander honorary bracket. And then those are the three different eras. The fourth corner is going to be our folk heroes, uh, the Don Zimmer honorary bracket, the Zimmazone, if you will, uh, where we will journey through all the players who maybe were not the greatest of their era, but at least the greatest in our hearts. Um, that's the concept. Have I screwed that up? Are these the right four delineations that we should be going through? Yeah, I, I like the idea of kind of breaking it down because there is very different eras in Ray's baseball history. I feel like we, we, we remember the kind of the beginning, then, then kind of everything sort of definitely changed about the 10 year mark. And this, this is a different time right now. So I, I, think, uh, I think breaking it into those kind of in our hearts and in our heads, these different eras, uh, I think is the good way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a nice sort of easy way to break these things up. Because, I mean, I, I never really thought about it until just now, but there really have been sort of three major eras of, of Devil Rays, Rays baseball. And sort of looking through these names, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy and I'm also a little sad. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a short, it's, it's a team with a short history. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll, but a lot of these names on here are names that I have very, very fond and strong memories of and have opinions about. So I'm raring to get talking about them. Okay, well, let's, let's dive in. So, appreciate this audio medium. We are going to seed the players in the four corners of the bracket. And as we do that, uh, I have some initial suggestions. I'm looking for input from Darby and Brett for us to finalize this. So, mm -hmm. let's begin in the Devil Rays corner. Number one with a bullet. The clear favorite of the Devil Rays era. When you think of the Devil Rays, <laughs> you think of this baseball player his number is retired by the organization. Number one seed has to be Wade Boggs. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. No! <laughs> that was easy. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Do I need no, to go no, get my I, I Wade get... Boggs jersey right now? No, that's, I mean, that's great that you have that. I appreciate the long story history of the famous Devil Ray Wade Boggs. Um, no, I mean, look, it, it, Wade Boggs is obviously one of the better players in Devil Rays history. Um, you know, 3,000 pit with the team. It's fantastic. Uh, but I I'm looking at this little Excel sheet, and the title of it is the Rays' most beloved players bracket. And I think Wade Boggs is a beloved player in Boston. <laughs> I think Ooh. that's mostly where he uh, – people tend to really uh, – where he, where he hangs his hat. He doesn't hang his hat there for the Hall of Fame because he, of course, went in with uh, – Different, <laughs> different team on his hat, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Wade Boggs is a tricky choice, and I don't want. I, I promise you, to you and to all of the listeners, I'm not going to have strong opinions on 64 different players on this bracket because this podcast would be about. This could a day be the long. most controversial <laughs> suggestion that I had is Wade Boggs for one seed, and I understand that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a great way to start, too, for sure. Um, I think that a couple other names a little further down this list are some names that I would personally rank even a little bit higher. Yeah, um, so if you looked at, again, audio medium, totally appreciate that. Looking down the list, I know you're just saying, why isn't Toby Hall number one? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, that's right. No, this I think golf tournament is just a classic. I look forward <laughs> to it every year. <laughs> No, I think that some of the players you've got ranked in the in the top five in, in this 
uh, in this the Namoli honorary section, names like Fred McGriff, names like Carl Crawford, uh, who are ranked right now at number two and three. I, I mean, I personally think when I think of the old Devil Rays era, um, and D-Rays base site historian Adam Sanford can certainly argue with me about this, but those are definitely some of the players that I think of when I think of old Devil Rays players. What do you think, Darby? I agree. I I I, I love the chicken man. I think, you know, uh, Mr. Boggs is a legend um, mm. in a lot of different ways, even pop culturally, uh, thanks to It's Always Sunny. But number one seed, I feel like, seems a little high. Po- possibly, you know, when we talk about the folk hero, he could have been the number one seed in the folk hero bracket. Mm. Um, you know, because he did kind of give a, a nice one fun season of, like, performance he was here for two years but one fun season of performance uh he didn't go away he was in the front office he was the hitting coach <laughs> he he is uh he definitely enjoyed his time in, in tampa bay and i think that was a good you know to to be like that first you know initial bit of baseball in the area uh kind of professional baseball in the area here that you know he does have a place in it and actually i think there could be a good argument that you know he belongs on this bracket in the upper part of this bracket, for sure. I mean, he is, you know, his, his number is retired. But number one seed, I, I, I just don't know if I can go there. Um, and like Brett said, I think right off the bat, uh, the next two names that we're going to talk about, I think both have a better case in my heart to be number one. I'm and willing to make changes. Okay, so the top three <laughs> on my list right now, number one, I put Wade Box. Number two, I put Fred McGriff. And number three, I slotted in Carl Crawford. I would and completely, I would invert those three, two, one. That's the way it. I Carl would Crawford, it. number one, Brett, you won. Fred McGriff, number two, Wade Boggs, three seed. In my opinion, yeah. I was watching the game where he stole like six bases. That was amazing. I came home from school and I watched it. It was the greatest. I've oh, got I'm the so bobblehead at my desk at work. I, I am all yeah, in man. on Carl Crawford. My sister took my Carl Crawford shirt seat and wore it until there were holes in it. It's a, it's a beloved member of my household. Like, I'm in. Sure. I just wonder, should we be showing deference to the player in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think the player the Hall who of established fame... the franchise, he picked up the devil raised by his own bootstraps and planted them on the dirt. I think the person that picked the Devil Rays up by their bootstraps and planted them in the dirt is the namesake for this bracket, Mr. Vince Namoli. And, <laughs> and that's, I think, why that's who should get honored for the bracket. Um, I, I'm with Brett. Carl Crawford is the number one seed, I think. Okay. Just because he, he has had, he had a number of I years. Mean, statistically, in terms of the Devil Rays, it's not even close. Performance wise, there's no, it's not even close. Uh, and then McGriff would be beating out Boggs performance-wise in his Devil Rays time. But Crawford, he was here not just, you know, briefly with the Devil Rays. He was here pretty substantially with the Devil Rays. Mm-hmm. He had a, you know, some of his best years in our franchise mm-hmm. were in the, the Devil Rays green vest things. And, and, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and, and then he continued, you know, into the, the next era. So he kind of bridged both of those. But he was the guy for a very, very awful period of, of baseball as mm-hmm. somebody you tuned in to watch. You know, he, you suffered through 64 win seasons because you got to see legitimately mm-hmm. one of the best stars in baseball that, uh, 
you know, just doing so many different things. So Carl Crawford was uh, a kind of a bright beacon when there really wasn't much to, yeah. to root for. Whereas Boggs, I think he was, he was, a, he was a fun personality and, and a big importance there. Um, but he was part of his era was sort of overshadowed by baseball being new as well as by uh, better players on the team with the, in the same era. So I, I think Carl Crawford is, he's the number one seed there. And I think he's going to be tough to beat in this bracket. If you are going by wins above replacement, we prefer the fan graphs version of that at D-Rays Bay. Carl Crawford is just over 20 wins in this, uh, in the, time frame I've established as Devil Rays being 98 through 07, which is when that was on the jersey. I'm looking for Wade Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> he had a uh, one-win season. Under- he's <laughs> not in the top 30. Should I expand it to 50? He'll <laughs> be, be looking for a little Yikes. while. He, he, was, he was worth actually 1.4 wins above replacement. Uh, Fangrass wins above Replacement right, in but that's not the top 30 players in Devil Rays history, even though no, uh, he no. was a great. He was not necessarily a great in the Devil Rays. Okay, I appreciate it. Right. Um, Carl Crawford certainly could be number one. Uh, snuck in the middle there, though. Uh, eight and a half wins in his couple seasons. We've got Heart of the Hit Show, mm-hmm. The Crime Dog, mm-hmm. Fred McGriff. We definitely will put Crime Dog above the the familiarity and the famous nature of Wade Boggs. I feel like he's much more of a of a Devil Ray than Wade Boggs is, and he's going to be one of those players that I think will. I mean, who knows how the Hall of Fame really kind of works anymore? I I thought I knew how it worked. I thought that I understand the Oscars better. Term. I understand <laughs> the Oscars are much better. No, I, I, I guess he seems like he's going to be one of those players that will be voted in, you know, in the decades committee or whatever thing they have. Mm-hmm, I'm not going to pretend yeah. like I know what I'm talking about, whatever. But he's one of those people that I bet further down the line will be the, well, I was going to say the second Ray in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully maybe there'll be more in like 20 years when he's inducted or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he would, he's definitely on the short list of players who will be wearing the Ray or the Devil Ray logo in the Hall of Fame. So. I love I love the crime it. dog. He might be the first boy. Devil Ray in the hall. That's true. Any Ray in the hall, I would take that. I'd appreciate that. And okay, yeah, so like, then, like like Brett said, I think with McGriff, yeah. if we are going like Hall of Fame caliber, you know, mm-hmm. deference. I, Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer. He he may not be technically yet, but that's there. But because problem. of longevity, we still put him number two to Carl Crawford's number one seed. Yes. Yeah, I think Carl Carl should be number one, but I, I think the crime dog, for me, it's it's both what he did here in that uniform, the performance on the field, as well as just the just general fit and feel, and and I think, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think embodying Mister Tampa Bay Devil Ray, yeah, mm-hmm. Red McGriff. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Uh, journeying beyond the top, well, last thing I'll say about the top three, Carl Crawford does span into the Rays era. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, uh, there isn't a ton of overlap where you have to worry about that. There are one or two players where there is overlap between eras. Uh, another one would be B.J. Upton, James Shields. Like, there are players that exist in Devil Rays history and then in the modern era. But Upton and Shields are not on the Devil Rays side. And I feel good about that delineation because I feel like the their best performances and their most memorable ties to the glory days. 
But yeah, Carl Crawford was anchoring, and as you said, Brett, the most interesting part of the worst team in baseball. <laughs> Carl, Crawford's, Carl Crawford's best seasons were when the Rays were at some of their worst, and there's something that's so endearing about that to me. Mm-hmm. And there's something so specifically Tampa Bay about that that really makes me really like look at Carl Crawford as someone who just idolizes this era. Got it. Okay, let's talk number four. Julio Lugo. Boy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's about right. Yeah, it's I think about it's right. right. Yeah. I know. Here's, here's where it's going to get really weird. We're going to look at the rest of these Delaware's names. We're going to be like, well, crap, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the prevailing. It's like a, a begrudging shrug. Okay. But that's insulting to Julio Lugo. Because sure. Lugo was another guy who, who put up some really big years. Like, actually, like, legit really good years with the Rays. And I think there's one sort of argument here. This is kind of this next, this next run uh, is going to be a little, little squishy. And I think we should probably yeah. maybe let's, discuss let's him as a together. block. And yeah, because yeah, I think this is where we'll kind of have to see where we all shake out. Because I think yeah. four through eight really is. Right, a, let's let's is a, run through it real quick. So the four through eight here, as I've laid them in 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 order, are Julio Lugo, just as a prevailing good player on a bad team. Number five, Aubrey Huff. We do need to acknowledge his existence in Devil Rays history. <laughs> he can if lose we... <laughs> round one of voting. That's okay. But in terms of quality of player, I know it's called the most beloved bracket, but let's let's consider like sometimes he, you need a good fun upset. It is more yeah, madness, right. and you need a fun upset. You need a good let's not get lower inside baseball seed. on the uh, <laughs> March statistic, Madness. Statistically, statistically, I think twelve seeds are the most likely to upset based on their ranks. So oh, well, I'm yeah. just saying we shall see. We shall see. So Aubrey Huff, I I put there number five. Rocco Baldelli, number six. Yeah, number he, seven. I, Randy Wynn, and just to tie out this, uh, the top eight, Scott Casimir. Yeah, I, I think there's some diamonds. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I, I, Rocco Baldelli is someone I look at as someone who, again, like Carl Crawford, was very good for very not, – not like Carl Crawford, I guess, but had his best days during the Devil Rays' worst time. But, of course, as we all know, Famously became, was uh, often very injured, um, was eventually diagnosed with a mitochondrial disorder, and then eventually took a role in the uh, Rays front office before, you know, I guess moving off to greener pastures, <laughs> I guess a little bit as manager. Um, but uh, yeah, he um, is one of those players too who I feel very fond of. That's yeah, if, if you're if you're thinking most beloved Devil Rays, yeah. If I go backwards in my head, now I power rank these initially the draft here based mm-hmm. on what I thought of the quality of the uh, performance from the player. But mm-hmm. if we're considering who's the most beloved, and I think if you want to say who's the best, like beloved is an aspect of that. You think of Scott Casimir and you think of Rocco Baldelli, yeah. Before Julio Lugo, even though. Lugo was objectively uh, a higher performer. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd also think if I thought, if I'm thinking of Devil Rays, as much as, again, like let, we'll, we'll put, you know, several personalities aside, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all agree Aubrey Huff as a person is kind of a real piece of crap. We'll just but, say garbage. We'll say, <laughs> yeah, just a straight up garbage fire of a human. But sure. um, when I think of Devil Rays, I think Aubrey Huff absolutely, you mm-hmm. know, is a guy, is a name that comes up. He he had some really, really good, you know, batting performances with with the Rays. And yeah, I think in terms of, I guess if it's just like, if I'm thinking, I probably wouldn't come up with Julio Lugo, even though he had he had better perform like he had a longer better career with the devil rays than rocco baldelli ended up having um mm-hmm. but i would put rocco baldelli ahead of julio lugo i'd probably put aubrey huff ahead of julio lugo i would definitely put scott casmir i think ahead of both okay because so again, where you we've got carl crawford in. fred mcgriff wade boggs who's next so my vote is Scott Casimir. Mm. And, 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 and in terms of not overlapping with the glory days, he really very briefly overlaps, only briefly. Yeah. He has a great year in 2008, mm-hmm. but very quickly that becomes the, the Matt Garza, David Price, James Shields show. And Scott Casimir is, the guy, is another guy. And then he's, he's traded and his career kind of takes a, a kind of long meandering path after that. Mm-hmm. I think he has these great years with, with Carl Crawford, with Rocco, with Lugo as like the, the thing to watch during absolutely abject, terrible baseball. But who would you put forth? I would probably agree with Darby on this one. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking I would put, I was honestly thinking I would put Rocco Baldelli fourth, maybe even push for him to be above Wade Boggs. But after hearing you kind of talk about that, you've actually changed my mind. <laughs> Which I know is, is very uninteresting and not exciting for a podcast. But I, after listening to that impassioned defense of our, of our, our favorite Scotty K, um, yeah, I actually, I, I, I'm on board with that. Because I was going to say... I his, think he, he gets some goodwill from being on the 2018. And I was going to say, too, he does, in 2008, he gets a little bit of that. I'm trying to sort of separate that in my mind. But at the same time, you don't really got to separate it all that much. <laughs> like, if we're, if we're looking at, we're not looking at just what they did during this time, but if we're talking about the player, like, in total, just looking at just what we're looking at, I think that Scott Casimir is one of those players who you think of when you think it is like defines the organization. I mean, he's arguably one of the pitchers you put on your like Mount Rushmore pitchers for the race. Like there's, Ooh. I mean, that, that's, that's arguable. I'm not saying that I'm not going to draw a line in the sand and say that but he's definitely on the short list. We could put that so to I the think... test real quick. But... Future show, future show, uh, future show potential. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I appreciate it. This is a conversation two against one. It's not uh, a competition in that way. I, we, so we are going Carl Crawford, Fred McGriff, Wade Boggs, Scott Casimir. And then five. Um, five, were we thinking Paul Deli? Um, so I'm inclined, I'm still inclined to say we need to think about the quality of baseball players. Mm-hmm. And I do think performance on the field matters a ton here. And I love Rocco had great conversations with him in the clubhouse when he was on Kevin Cash's staff. I love that he is carrying on the legacy of the Rays organization as a manager. But in terms of through 2007, Lugo and Huff 
are far and away just some of the best devil rays to put on the jersey. I think that's what we call a pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're I think you're right. I, I yeah. think five for Aubrey Huff. I think it I think that fits. Now I do we in that in that range, in that Huff Lugo range right there, because I I think I would put them both, you know, five, six with with Rocco and and Randy Wynn, who I I, I think I also really relate to, but he, he had a much shorter. I think he's below all of them in that regard. Um, I, I, I think Lugo and Huff, five, six, whichever way you want to put them, I would be fine with. Um, if you want to bump Huff down for, for future Twitter uh, like shenanigans, because Julio yeah, mm-hmm. Lugo, I don't know, he might have some terrible opinions. He's not, he, he's not sharing them publicly, so good for <laughs> you, Julio Lugo. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but either, either way, I think both are kind of these Good, really good players on a on a bad team that maybe aren't these really kind of guys that you remember forever as like you know beloved players like Scott Casimir or or Carl Crawford. I think you could legitimately still have that as your favorite Rays player of all time and be like, oh, that's a good. I don't know if anybody still is like you know Aubrey Huff or Julio Lugo is my favorite, but they were mm-hmm. very good, very very good players uh, during that era. So five six, eh, for me, coin flip. Yeah, that's back. fine. I, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I think that's all fair. Um, yeah, <laughs> nothing new to add. The counterpoint would be the counterpoint would be Rocco Baldelli. The quality of him as an athlete for a shorter amount of time, maybe on a per rate basis, and I haven't crunched any numbers on this, but Baldelli full bore is better it it would be number four so if we are if we are talking about the kind of the potential there i mean he was top tier prospect legitimately Mm -hmm. uh and showed it on the field yes yes he never put up that performance he almost and this will we'll kind of get to this almost with desmond jennings Mm -hmm. because it's the not a bust per se, but, but, oh, what could have been something more because, yeah. because Rocco Baldelli was, you know, he, he was a, that classic five tool player. He was this, you know, Joe DiMaggio in the modern era, like, mm-hmm. but, but just, just, you know, the injuries and like Brett said, you know, the mitochondrial disorder, like it just, just some un, really unfortunate luck, which is so great to see him now as a manager. Um, it's tough. I don't know how I I I sort of put that in there in terms of performance in the field versus the. I think if we did we did do that for for Boggs, mm-hmm. we put in not just performance and this you know if we were yeah, we put in you could so just here's a test for it. I mentioned I have a Boggs jersey previously in conversation with you guys. I don't remember if it's been on the pod before. I've got a Boggs jersey. Mm-hmm. Talked about a Carl Crawford shirtsy, Fred McGriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep on putting that on my Christmas list. No one buys me the Fred McGriff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, if you're listening, <laughs> give shirt. It's on the list every year. <laughs> but seriously, if you think about it, who's going to wear a Huff shirt? And who goes out and buys a Lugo? <laughs> Julio Lugo. That's a good point. I, yeah. No disrespect. Point. 
I, I can imagine someone some... rocking a ball deli. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a race fan. I, I will say, I think somebody could have a Huff jersey still. Um, it is I, Florida. I, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know how many Lugo jerseys were ever really sold. So I, I I think that's a good argument actually in terms of beloved. To we do have to have some outside, otherwise you're just like basically populating a fan graphs list. Um, I, I would say. So then I would say put Rocco in, let, let's bump Huff down. This is, it, you know what? This is our petty revenge for, for bad tweeting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Suck on that, Aubrey Huff. You're now six. Look, look, let's not, hold on, hold on. <laughs> right, I want to be able to label this podcast clean when we're done. <laughs> you can just Cut that uh, reserve that. No, but yeah, so Rocco, I, I think then, between Casimir and Rocco, both could be people's favorites. They could have jerseys. Scott Casimir did. And they both were top prospects, you know, potential elite level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I, I'm if you had to Rocco. choose, uh, you're leaning Casimir. Are we correct? I would still be leaning Casimir fourth, personally. Yeah, you would, Darby, as well. All right. So, four seed yeah. Scott Casimir, five seed quality of athlete quality of person it's not his fault uh that the future grade on his powerhouse of the cell was low <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> wow oh <right>. poor rocco <laughs> may he never listen to this five seed rocco okay bringing us back up to speed so we've gone crawford mcgriff boggs casimir baldelli next huff lugo Lugo Huff? I'd probably go Huff, then Lugo. Yeah, Huff, then Lugo. I think, yeah, at a certain point, you got to pay a little bit of tribute to a pretty a good quality. Yeah, you got to. Huff was a good player for the Devil Rays, and even though I don't really like to think about him now, he was in the before 07, so there it is. And he, and he got us somebody we'll talk about in the Glory Days pack. So that there, is, there is still some of that, too. <laughs> he did he did bring us uh ben zobrist mm, that's true that's a great point <laughs> for that i will yeah. always love him <laughs> love to watch him go um so <laughs> okay well before we finish the devil race section uh we are obligated to take a break so we'll be right back after this And we're back. I hope that ad was amazing and everything you hoped it would be. Okay, so we've got our list so far. We need to finish the double raise, and I think we can move quickly. Uh, up next, eight seed and nine seed, I think is uh, a little tough for me because, uh, I don't know. Okay, so eight seed Randy Wynn, nine seed Greg Vaughn. When you think of the history of the Devil Rays, those might not be the first players who come to mind, or maybe they are. What do you guys think? I will say that I think when we start to move past Julio, or I guess the seventh seed, and now who is now Julio Lugo, these names start to get a little muddy for me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like I said, you are the youngest like, person on this podcast. I am the youngest person on the podcast. I they they get money for me. I recognize some of these names. I recognize. Let me read. I recognize all of these names. I don't have specific core memories attached to many of these players. Um, 
Right. Kind You're of, not sitting there saying Rolando Arroyo is an important person to me as we go further down the list. No, I don't, I don't wake up in a cold sweat thinking about Toby Hall all that much. Um, I mean, sometimes, I guess. But I did play MVP baseball <laughs> We're talking about baseball, though. You got to <laughs> – Hey, not that kind of cold sweat. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that when we start to get into these levels of, of uh, sort of in the lower half of this rank, uh, of this of these years, we're sort of almost reaching towards the um, the uh, folk heroes section, where we're talking about players who were good for the team for a while, but not mm-hmm. great. And some of these names also weren't that great for the team, but they really defined the Devil Ray era in a way uh, that wasn't always great. It wasn't always the best, but it was a, a sort of uh, spunk and chutzpah that you don't always get with like a really, you get with a really young team, I would imagine. So okay. a well, lot of these let, days, me, let me zoom out yeah. just a touch and let's run through the, the bottom half approximately of this list. Hmm. I have ordered here uh, by my own design, Randy Wynn, arguably one of the top hitters in Devil Rays history. Greg Vaughn, uh, in my mind, one of the more famous hitters in Devil Rays history, even if he wasn't the best. Uh, then I put in Rolando Arroyo and Roberto Hernandez, who need their due as early Devil Rays greats. And then we have this section here where it starts getting a little muddy, as you said earlier, but I've got Toby Hall, who... Uh, and John Flaherty is down there as well in this group. I've got, but at 12, Toby Hall is this famous catcher. Uh, Mark Hendrickson, Danny's Baez uh, as the other closer on the Devil Rays era who deserves a nod and respect. And then another catcher, John Flaherty, uh, as the 15th seed. Just stepping back a little bit, is this missing anyone when I think about Devil Rays greats? I don't think so. I mean, in terms of Devil Razor, I think those hit pretty much everybody in that Devil Rays era. Like, like you said, you have you have your your hit show Vaughn. You have Win to the you know the the Green Vest era. You have Arroyo, who's you know your opening day starter for the whole franchise. Toby Hall, John Flaherty, the two of the only you know top catchers in the in the franchise's long you know history of, of struggling with catchers I, I think that's that's probably pretty good there's a lot you know I think what's interesting here is that a lot of these guys could could potentially be you could make an argument that they could be in the the vote-in you know they they could be in the vote-in section um well let but, me quickly say what what that means uh we want to establish who most of these players are but we're going to have an opportunity for everyone to vote who I messed up or we as a group messed up by not including in the, in the top 15 seats. So the 16th seed is available for the public to vote. And we will put that list together as well. Um, but that's where I kind of started piecing in what I would call the more famous names that I think of as being devil raised, but maybe weren't the greatest. Uh, and and yeah, if you're talking about it, I'll, I'll just go there real quick. So running down, uh, using our thousand foot view again, real quick, I have seated Randy Wynn, Greg Vaughn, Rolando Arroyo, Roberto Hernandez, which nationally had to be one of the more famous devil rays, Toby (laughs) Hall, 
Mark Hendrickson, Danny Spies, John Flaherty. And I honestly feel like Flaherty deserves to be seated, but we can talk about that. Uh, and then we have the periphery, and that's going to be the voting category for everybody to decide who deserves to be in this bracket as an opportunity to sneak their way through the voting as the 16th seed. Now, are you going to upset Carl Crawford? I don't know. But <laughs> vote-ins, I've got uh, Jorge Cantu, who uh, I had a shirt for, so he is currently there. Uh, Joe Kennedy, who just was a fantastic pitcher and deserves a recognition. Uh, Travis Lee, who as a child, I, for no good reason, just despised, uh, <laughs> and therefore did not get seated. Uh, I, ca I can't explain that. Uh, Quentin McCracken, opening day center fielder, the first man to step up to the plate, holding a baseball bat in his hand and devil rays on his shirt on a game that actually mattered that was not spring training. I think Quentin needs his due. And then I also think Brian Record is just one of the better pitchers in Devil Race history and, and deserves mention here at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, there's so many names that you're not mentioning that you could mention. And that's the nature of, of looking at a decade of baseball. But, uh, you know, Victor Zambrano, I'm not mentioning. Miguel Cairo, I'm not mentioning. Uh, who who reasonably could be in consideration if you just hate Jorge Cantu <laughs> uh, and, and don't uh, think a second baseman should be on this list. Um, is there anyone that's not seated that should be seated at this point? Let me ask that. Looking at it, I I don't have a strong enough argument for say like a Jorge Cantu who 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 is a guy that I think was a kind of a fan favorite for a little bit. He was, you know, good power. It's like owning a Sean Rodriguez jersey. Yeah, I think he was he was fine. But uh yeah, I don't mean I mean like I think there's just as equally good an argument for the people that are seated. I, yeah, I I mean, you know, Quinn McCracken for history's sake, Joe Kennedy, um I, I think they're all kind of squarely in that like, yeah, they could be the sixteen seed and I, I think letting you guys decide would be that's fine with me. Um, yeah. yeah I, 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 am I allowed to remove Travis Lee entirely? <laughs> <laughs> if you can live with yourself, brother, then go ahead. You can look yourself in the mirror. Okay, yeah. so who, who are we wronging by not having under consideration? So we've got all those names we've run through them a couple times. The voting categories right now are uh, Contu, Kennedy, Lee, McCracken, Wrecker. Am I being rude uh, to Tony Saunders? by not having him on this list? No, I, I think, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, you know, we brought up Victor Zambrano a little bit, who, you know, the most famous thing about him with regards to being a Devil Ray is that he, when he wasn't a Devil Ray, when Correct. he was traded, <laughs> famously, for Scott Casimir. Um, and that almost sort of puts him in, like, this fun little trivia category in, in the... the fan of dumb trivia like who was the first person to hold a bat for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays it's something that I am sort of gravitated to but I certainly don't think that he that sort of puts him in any kind of conversation now a coach on the Durham Bulls by the way oh well good for him okay so for, <laughs> for the dear listener if you are um plugged in right now you're listening along 
there should be a couple names that you're you're screaming uh, in your mind that are uh, Devil Rays famous. Um, so let me quickly uh, mention uh, how this kind of works. There are certainly players who were not the best of the best of the Devil Rays, but are important key figures in the history of the organization for each of the um, the first three corners of the bracket for the Devil Rays days, the glory days, days <laughs> in the modern era. Uh, there are players who stand out head and shoulders uh, above the rest, even though they weren't maybe statistically the best player. So a couple of those that are in the folk heroes corner, uh, which we will get to toward the end here. Uh, I'm just letting you know, yes, Jose Canseco is there. Yes, we can <laughs> Seiko vote for him. Uh, he will be in discussion in the Folk Heroes category. Um, Johnny Gomes, uh, even though you might remember him for dive bombing in on uh, Coco Crisp trying to <laughs> swing a fist at James Shields, uh, his best performances uh, are in the Devil Rays days. Uh, and then also uh, uh, Dave Martinez when you think of the devil is you he might come to mind as an important name even though he's maybe even better known for his contributions under joe madden as a coach uh they're over in the folk heroes category you don't need to panic too much about them uh there will be more devil rays to mention over there as well but i i'm, I'm feeling good about the devil rays corner the one the one name if i'm looking ahead in the bracket that i could see coming over here that actually could go straight to a seated position. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and if I would pick a spot, I'd say pick a reliever, replace a reliever. And it would be replacing your bias, Danny's mm -hmm. bias, mm -hmm. uh, with a player who both folk hero, but also I think a better performer um, for the Devil Rays, uh, which is uh, Esteban Yan who I, I think actually, if you're thinking of Devil Rays relievers and closers, I think he is the, he is a name that I think would be uh, up there. And if you actually want to go by, it's kind of a, a, a bit of a, a, a mess because I, I had to look him up the other day because I was like, you know what? Was Espanyan good? I don't, I remember <laughs> as a kid, I, I he was a closer. Him, but that doesn't mean- He was a close, yeah. It was that time when you, <laughs> you had like people that were like good, on the double raise, but like, were they actually a good baseball player or they were just terrible and they were like the only serviceable. Yeah. Uh, and he actually was good for two years and really bad for two other years, but he was really, really good as a reliever. So that is where I would say years. perhaps we should, that is a player who I would push over to the folk heroes bucket because he's the kind of player where you say the double raise, oh, I love Esteban Yan. But he has no business being seated as one of the 16 best players in Devil Rays history. But, counterpoint, does Danny's Baez? Um, excuse me. All-star Danny's Baez? That is only by technicalities of all-star <laughs> rings. Because someone had which, to... Which we will eventually get to Lance Carter, who, <laughs> who would even also be like, really? I, I don't listen, think Listen, if you made the all-star game... Wearing a Devil Rays cap in my book, you are one of the greats. As, <laughs> I think that Jeez. is putting a little too much on the uh, 
fun fan event that is the uh, the one. If you make The Simpsons, if you make a reference in The Simpsons, you are one of the double race greats, which Esteban Yan become a folk does. hero. I say I'm, I'm overruling. I'm, with, I'm pushing I'm Esteban Yan into the category in the folk hero bracket. All right. Well, he's. I'm going to fight for him to be in a top bracket. I'm on. I'm going to ride Espanyan straight to the championship. Eventually, um, the only person ever to say that. <laughs> Espanyan, he's going to be my. Get him into the MLB the show. Come on, Sony San Diego. <laughs> We've introduced the bracket. We've talked the Devil Rays days. I think that was interesting. I think it was fun. Uh, we have more of the bracket to cover. So. Next episode, we will continue this conversation. Uh, we will turn to the glory days and the actual good baseball that happened in Ray's history. Um, all due respect to Carl Crawford. So, <laughs> until the next episode, thank you for tuning in. And this has been The Hit Show.